Civil War newspapers have become a collectible. From patriotic rhetoric to caricatures of patriots, these windows into the past are bringing history to life. Now, thanks to the Smithsonian Institute, these valuable documents are more accessible than ever. Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Phil Russman. Our guest today is Eric Karen, co-author of the Civil War Smithsonian Headliner Series. Possibly the most comprehensive newspaper collection of its kind, it's now available to the public as a coffee table book. Speaking with Eric will be our host, Jerry Prokopovitz, professor at East Carolina University. Coming up in a moment, Eric Karen. to improve fuel efficiency and reduce emissions. Check. Acoustic and optical wayside monitors to enhance safety. Check. Robotic systems to measure track geometry. Check. GPS tracking and tracing systems. Check. Sounds like a rocket or a jet getting ready for takeoff, doesn't it? Actually, it's something just as technologically advanced. A freight train. There's a new world of technology riding the rails that makes today's freight railroads more fuel efficient, safer, and cleaner running than ever. With wireless communications, transponders, and trackside readers that can pinpoint the shipment's location at speeds of up to 80 miles an hour, North America's freight railroads are driving the technology required by today's businesses and consumers. And with everything from apples to computers moving by rail, we wouldn't have it any other way. Chances are, the things you'll use tomorrow are taking the train today. Tomorrow, arriving by train. Sponsored by North America's Freight Railroads. Mission Critical. Two words that describe the data vital to every e-commerce website. If your company needs the services of an unparalleled co-location facility, you need to remember these two words, Castle Access. With Castle Access, your Internet servers will be secure in environmentally controlled data centers that offer high-speed managed Internet access and the highest standards of 24-7 customer support. For more info, visit castleaccess.com. Castle Access. We keep you online all the time. World Talk Radio, bringing the world to you. Welcome to Civil War Talk Radio. I'm Jerry Prokopovich at East Carolina University. And with me today is Eric Karen, author of a new book on Civil War newspapers. Good afternoon, Eric. Good afternoon, Jerry. Tell us about this book. Uh, you and your uh, collaborator, Stephen Goldman, I believe, are putting this together. Uh, tell us about the concept of this book. Well, the concept was uh, this book is uh, sponsored by the Smithsonian, as you uh, described. And it's um, the idea of the book is to tell the story of the Civil War through the eyewitness testimony of the actual newspapers themselves and combine those newspapers with other genres uh, in the collection of the Smithsonian in the middle section of the book, such as their photographs, prints, paintings, uh, drawings by Winslow Homer, etc. So, so it's, a, it's a chronological study of the Civil War using both Union and Confederate newspapers from 1860 to 1865. So the, the heart of it, then, are the newspapers, are these... Do you have illustrations, reproductions of the newspapers in the book? Yes, we have a photographic reprodu uh, reproductions of mainly front pages, um, and uh, they're all done from originals 
uh, that are owned in our archive, uh, Dr. Goldman and my, my own arch- private archive. So a, a lot of these newspapers were compiled uh, painstakingly over 30-some-odd years of collecting. I started when I was 11, and Dr. Goldman started um, around the same time in the 70s. I see. And you also mentioned the Smithsonian is mm-hmm. involved in this project. Uh, what's their uh, relationship with it? Uh, they, they sp- they're sponsoring the book. Um, uh, it takes um, quite a lot of work, as you can imagine, to get the Smithsonian behind any uh, book project because, uh, you know, you have to really have unique content and you have to have something that they think will be of the, of the sort of caliber that um, they want to put their name behind. And um, we started working with the Smithsonian by doing... Uh, newspaper reprint compilations for their gift shops uh, for both Air and Space and the History Museum. Uh, so we would do 16-page compilations around uh, the history of air um, and space and uh, other topics like presidential history. And these are things that are available in their gift shops. But we came to them with the idea that uh, with all the interest in the Civil War, uh, they might want to consider uh, this book and then perhaps a series of books uh, about one a year on various other topics of um, national interest. I see. So it was your idea to use newspapers as as an insight window of insight into the Civil War. Yes, to... because uh, let's remember that at, at that time there was no internet, there was no radio, there wasn't any TV. The only real means of mass communication were the newspapers and the periodicals of the day, and they were eagerly read. Um, even though you, you would, you know, in looking at these newspapers, some of the times you've got small type. Um, the uh, average reader at that time would uh, read every word very avidly to, to know just what was going on in the war at any particular time. And the newspaper was cherished and, and often shared uh, amongst a number of people, not just read by one person, but uh, some people couldn't afford newspapers. Some people didn't have easy access to them. So they were passed around and... Uh, that was the way people kept abreast of what was happening in the war. I see. And, of course, some people uh, didn't know how to read, I suppose. That in, in uh, Literacy in, in the North, was, was New England particularly, was very high, but not other parts of the country, the West and the South. That, that's correct. So uh, that, that's where graphic images became important, and you'd find the rise of uh, famous um, illustrated weekly newspapers, uh, such as Harper's Weekly and Frank Leslie's uh, Illustrated Newspaper. Um, and we sprinkle those throughout the book because they're, they're filled with charming and wonderful woodcut illustrations that were oftentimes taken from correspondence, uh, pen and ink drawings that were made um, you know, where the events took place. We've also included some very rare um, titles of, of that nature, like the New York Illustrated News, the Southern Illustrated News, and Demarest Illustrated News, because a lot of those graphics, um, th- those are rarer papers for the collector to find, and uh, therefore they offer um, a lot of times in this book you'll see graphics that haven't been seen before in other works. I suppose most people who follow the Civil War are familiar with uh, Harper's Weekly or Frank Leslie's, the, some of the more well-known illustrated papers, but you say you have some... Some rare ones like the New York Illustrated News, yeah. The, the reason why some of these other titles are rare uh, is simply that they did not last. Um, they, they, you know, they, they're newspapers that may have been around only for a few years, whereas Harper's and Leslie's 
were mass circulation at the time. They were, they were, if you will, the life magazine of the time, and um, many copies have been saved. And the, the Harper's Weekly, for instance, started in 1857 and lasted well into the 20th century. Um, uh, New York Illustrated News, uh, I don't believe, lasted beyond the Civil War. Uh, and if it did, it wasn't much beyond it. Um, Demarest Illustrated News uh, and Southern Illustrated News, the same thing is true. So they're much more ephemeral. They, they came and went, and now they're hard to find. Right, and uh, particularly Southern Illustrated News uh, was really the only illustrated Confederate weekly um, during the whole Civil War. Uh, it's very rare to find illustrations in Confederate newspapers, and we've got some really rare examples, such as the supplement to the Galveston News, um, it's actually a broadside extra printed in Texas with a front-page battle map of uh, the Battle of Bull Run, or at the time what they were calling the Battle of Manassas Plains. Um, and, and this is an example of something that is um, unusual in a lot of uh, regard, regards. Uh, the North, it was common for them to illustrate their daily newspapers with battle maps until word got round that the um, rebels were, uh, you know, confiscating, getting hold of the northern papers and actually seeing where Union troops were, and uh, eventually uh, they put an end to publishing uh, battle maps in the northern papers. Uh, the South, um, the, their newspapers were much more primitive. Uh, in fact, it became very difficult for the South to get a hold of even paper, so you'd find uh, that they would resort to things like wallpaper, or printing on corn husk, um, and there are examples of those necessity, we call those necessity papers in, in the book. Well, um, but I, I want Getting back to the supplement to the Galveston News yes. and, and Bull Run, uh, again, that's a uh, supplement broadside, a, an extremely rare title, an extremely rare use of graphics. Uh, it's got a banner headline, which is very unusual for a Confederate newspaper, and it may be the only copy uh, in existence. Uh, the one that uh, is in, in our archive. I'm, I'm interested. You mentioned a couple things there I'd, I'd like to pick up on. One, that the banner headline was unusual. Uh -huh. And the other one, the, the idea of the uh, illustrations, the woodcuts, and so on. Uh, when people think of newspapers today, we think of you know, USA Today, you picture a lot of graphics, a lot mm -hmm. of color photographs, uh, huge headlines for important events. Uh, how did Civil War newspapers differ from the papers we get today? Well, um, you didn't have the rise of um, large banner headlines really until the period of yellow journalism, uh, i.e. the Spanish-American War period. Uh, up until then, um, you might find uh, just one-column headlines that were stacked uh, in the Civil War. So, for instance, um, you would have um, half of a column of headlines uh, but they they would only be one column wide, and uh, the paper, you know, might have been five columns of text uh, or six columns of text, but the headlines would only uh, go the width of one column, and they would stack them one on top of another. So it would be one headline and then numerous sub-headlines underneath. Um, so even, even a huge illustration event. was extremely rare, except in those illustrated weekly papers. You might just get a single... A cut of a general. For instance, there are New York Suns in the paper that um, were quite good about publishing illustrations of important people in the war. There's one on uh, John Morgan. They call him a modern highwayman, the guerrilla bandit of Kentucky. 
there's another one from 1862. Uh, the New York Sun published a front-page portrait of uh, Rebel Commander-in-Chief Robert E. Lee. And, uh, but that, that's really very unusual illustration. So we tried to use in this book as many graphic things as we could find, um, and, and therefore it, it is a more aesthetically pleasing um, book than it would have been if we had just used typical northern papers and typical southern papers throughout. We used really rare examples that uh, had as much illustration as, as we could uh, possibly find in the archive. Now, the, the illustration technology then was certainly different from what we have today. How, how did that work? Right. Uh, you didn't have the advent of photogravure, uh, photographic printing, until uh, uh, the latter part of the 19th century. So what you'd find is that they would have to make woodcuts, uh, woodcut carvings. And so um, it's, they're essentially prints. I mean, wood, woodcuts are considered uh, uh, you know, an art form because uh, it was an engraved process. Much, you know, uh, much like a lithograph is a, an engraved process, uh, the woodcut would have to be first drawn and then carved onto wood, and then uh, the paper would have to be placed over that block of wood with the carving to create the um, illustration. So you'd have artists at the front who would send back sketches, and then you'd have to have a separate woodcut artist translate that into a reproducible form. Is that right? That's correct. Yes. Some of these sketch artists uh, certainly became well-known later, didn't they? Yeah, uh, people like Thomas Nast uh, for his cartoons and Winslow Homer certainly became uh, a legendary uh, fine artist. Um, and you, you find a lot of Winslow Homer's works um, in Harper's Weekly. Um, and, and a lot of them were extremely talented, but they, uh, their names have not lasted through time. But it, it's really impressive to go through these illustrated uh, uh, weeklies in the book and, and see the, the fine detail uh, for the uniforms, for the accoutrements, for troop positions, uh, for the heat of battle. Um, there's one New York Illustrated News that shows a Union sharpshooter uh, perched in the trees, and it really gives you a sense of, of you know, the, the plight of the individual soldier, that it wasn't just masses of armies uh, going at each other, you know, that uh, you could have a lone gunman sitting in wait in a tree, and it must have been a very um, very solitary and, and somber uh, time for those, uh, uh, you know, uh, sharpshooters. There's, uh, you talk about the detail that was compiled at, uh, I worked in a museum exhibit at one time, Mm -hmm. which involved an illustration. Uh, I think Alfred Wad was the artist. Yes. Uh, and he drew an illustration of a, a field amputation taking place. Right. Which, when it was sent back to the engravers, was considered too graphic, too uh, uh, too bloody an image. And the engraver simply reversed the drawing, reversed the patient's position on the table. Huh. So you saw the... Uh, the patient, his head, the upper half of his body, rather than the part where the operation was taking place, and it was thus made less graphic for the the audience. Right. Uh, probably the most dramatic um, uh, and uh, um, print that appears in in the book that uh, you remind me of is uh, one of Quantrell's Raiders' uh, Lawrence Massacre. But uh, even there, you'll find that a lot of the blood and gore is left out, uh, 
you know, uh, everything has changed, and uh, sensibilities then were very sensitive. Uh, although if you read the um, letters that were sent by various people and then reprinted in the newspapers, uh, you know, you had to have a strong stomach because the uh, the detail of the, you know, the agony of uh, getting wounded or getting killed um, and um, in some cases um, the savagery of it all is, is very uh, well documented in the text. But you're right, the illustrations themselves would be toned down somewhat. And I suppose, again, with consideration for the audience of the time, Yes, uh, uh, which which is echoed uh, even today in in 21st century. You see discussions over whether certain uh, war movies are too graphic for for commercial television. Right, but, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons why uh, uh, our networks won't. Uh, they'll show pictures of uh, hostages being taken uh, in Iraq, but they, you know, will not uh, go to the, um, the, you know, to to view the actual do- uh, beheadings. That. that um, that, so, so the same issues that uh, the Civil War editors had to face are still being faced by editors today. Yeah, we find that uh, human nature uh, doesn't change a tremendous amount. Um, so, um, and 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 that's why I encourage people when they uh, pick up a book like this, uh, the, the Civil War, published by the Smithsonian and, and Data Trace Publishing, they should really read uh, the, the small print, not just focus on the. On the headlines on the Battle of Gettysburg, and look at the the battle maps and the illustrations. But take the time to read the anecdotal things on the pages because they really give a, a tremendous insight into all the different aspects of uh, of the war. You know, the social, the political, um, the fighting, uh, um, of course, the battles, but all, but also the just the the mood and spirit of um, both the participants and those at home. Uh, who you know agonized over reading the latest casualty lists and you know prayed every day that they wouldn't see their loved ones uh, in those casualty lists. Absolutely. Now you mentioned the Battle of Gettysburg, and I, I recall some years ago doing some research and reading the New York Times account of the Battle of Gettysburg at that time. Mm-hmm. And what struck me was how full of errors it was. Uh, they reported General Longstreet was killed, for example, when right. in fact he went on to live well after the war. Uh, what are your thoughts on the accuracy uh, of the the reporting at the time? Have you encountered mistakes like that? Yes, uh, the, you, it's it's fairly common, and um, you know uh, the, there was a lot of competition amongst the newspapers. Each city, for instance, New York uh, had probably a dozen different newspapers, and they would all be rushing out to get the latest news as quickly as possible. So I, I often say that. Um, Newspapers don't reflect accurate history, but they do reflect uh, agreed-upon history um, because uh, essentially what we, and, and today the same is true, what we read, what we see on TV, what we hear on the radio, we sort of have to take for um, the truth. Uh, and then only later on do we find uh, sometimes, if we're lucky, that the uh, individual media organizations uh, or newspaper titles correct themselves uh, but yes it was it was quite common to get false reports um, and that's something that uh, my archive covers um, uh, news history from the 16th century to the present and that's something that unfortunately hasn't changed uh, for various reasons whether uh, the, the paper had a particular bias uh, you know, a, a, a copperhead northern newspaper that supported the uh, activities of the 
of the Confederacy would well, Eric, uh, you know, we'll have their own. Up. We're going to pick up that point in just a minute. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jerry Prokopovich with Eric Karen on Civil War Talk Radio, and we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs> 